You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the Give Your Life Away podcast. We continue uh, studying the subject of holiness, personal holiness, or growing in Christ-likeness. And so as we do, I want to talk to you about a particular area of the Christian life that uh, often is um, not understood or even neglected. If you asked me one day, what are the areas of the Christian life that Jesus taught about most often but are least understood by the church in America? So, So what area of the Christian life is there that Jesus taught a lot about but people today, especially in America or, or wealthy nations, don't really grasp and understand, which would kind of be sad because he talks so much about it. If you asked me what the answer to that would be, what my answer would be, I would say it's the area of discipleship that we call dying to self. Jesus and the apostles taught the importance of dying to ourselves, dying to our own interests over and over again. And yet it's so foreign. This concept is so foreign to Christians in well-to-do environments. In this podcast, I'm going to give you three deaths or three daily deaths that the Lord intends for you to die as a believer in him. So three daily deaths that the Lord intends for you to die as a believer in him. And again, I don't think that Christians think enough about these deaths, these areas. In fact, I believe that many Christians are actually shocked and appalled when they're mistreated. They're shocked when they become significantly ill. And sometimes they're shocked when they just can't seem to catch a break in their family or career or finances or some other endeavor that's become difficult. I think Christians oftentimes find themselves shocked that the Lord isn't lining everything up easily for them or that the Lord has allowed a family member to... Um, criticize them or that the Lord hasn't allowed them to get their dream job that they've wanted for years. Christians often are shocked about these things when really they shouldn't be at all. We often seem to forget that Jesus not only didn't call us to a life of ease, but he specifically called us to a life of hardship. And for right-thinking Christians, we should welcome that. We should welcome any life of hardship that the Lord called us to. Why? Because our Lord went through a life of hardship. He went through the difficulties of this life. He paved the way in that sense for us. The resources that he has are the resources that we have. We're exhorted in Hebrews to follow him, the one who despised the shame of the cross that was right before him for the glory that was ahead or even beyond the cross. So we are called to do the very same thing. That's even the context of that passage in Hebrews chapter 12. So we follow our Lord in going through hardship because we know that while we bear a cross, there's a crown coming later for us, just like he experienced. So we can endure these daily deaths because there's a glory that's coming. The other reason that we can welcome a daily death to self is because in dying to self daily, we are brought into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, whom we love. Consider a teenager who's mocked by friends or even mocked by a teacher for their commitment to God's word. There can be a temptation in that situation to become depressed or embarrassed or ashamed. But there's also a sweet opportunity 
to identify in some small way with the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Not that any of us have ever gone through what he's gone through or even anything close, but when we suffer like this, we're able to say things like, Lord, while not nearly to the degree, I now have a certain appreciation of what you went through for me. Or, Lord, I know that you understand what I'm experiencing. You experience much worse. So even in our suffering, there's a sweet communion that we can have with the Lord Jesus Christ than we did, that we didn't have before, before that suffering. Now, as promised, here are the three areas of daily death that we should be willing to embrace as Christ followers. First, the area of dying to sin. This should be an obvious one. Galatians 5.24 says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So we have new hearts as believers. We have new desires, new affections, new loves, new longings. But what we don't have yet is new bodies and new uh, the eradication of all of our evil desires. Yes, those evil desires no longer dominate us. They're no longer all powerful over us like they once were. But there are still fleshly desires that exist. Pride, anger, lust. There are desires that our flesh has that still exist that we need to war against and put to death in the language of Colossians 3, 5, mortify. So the Christians should pursue the daily death of sin, the daily killing of sin. Secondly, Christians should embrace the daily death of dying to ease, the daily pursuit of dying to ease. Listen to Matthew 8, 18 to 22. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me, and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Now, in this account, you have Jesus really confronting two people that evidently were superficially wanting to follow him. I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus kind of gives them a real life scenario. Hey, I've got no bed tonight. Uh, We're not staying at, you know, we're not staying at the Ritz Carlton tonight. We're not even staying at the Hampton Inn tonight. I've got nowhere to lay my head. So if you want to follow me, it doesn't mean you're signing up for ease. This is what Jesus was teaching these these people that were so quick to say that they wanted to follow Jesus. But Jesus gave them these real-life expectations. In other places, he says, you've got to be willing to die daily, take up your cross, follow me. This is a regular daily pursuit. So you're dying to this idea that everything should be easy. I was recently talking to another brother in Christ, and he is currently trying to make decisions about how to best care for an extended family member. It's, it's, a, it's an adult parent. Uh, of course, it's an adult parent, but he's an adult, and they're an adult as well. They're a parent that needs his care. So he's been faced with this situation, and it's his responsibility, clearly, according to the scriptures, to, to take care of this parent, and, uh, and he's trying to think of the ways to do this. And so other people whose responsibility it is to care for this person have really neglected that responsibility. And he's the only one that is taking the scriptures and saying, I am responsible here in this matter. I've got to do something, and it's not going to be easy. But I just reminded him in this right-hearted desire to do 
um, the right thing, I reminded him, this is what you signed up for. This is what you signed up for when you became a Christian. You said, I'll do the hard things. If the Lord tells me to do something, I'll do it. And it might not mean ease or comfort all the time. And so we shouldn't be shocked when the Lord puts something in our in our path and on our Christian path of discipleship that's hard and go, Lord, what are you doing here? You messed up. You missed something. No, we're supposed to go through that to, to be responsible to 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 handle that situation and to really die to our love of ease and love of comfort. We're here to walk the footsteps of Christ, and those weren't always easy footsteps. So we die to sin, we die to ease, and finally, we die to approval. This is where I think sometimes Christians forget that we're going to be hated. Our Lord promised this. People are shocked. Christians are shocked when they speak the truth in love, and people still don't like it. Now remember, those exhortations to the churches to speak the truth in love, they weren't given so that if you just did that, spoke the truth in love all the time in, in, in different conversations with different people, they weren't given as, as, as ways to win friends and influence people. It doesn't mean that if you as a Christian speak the truth in love, then everyone's going to like you. No, the reason you speak the truth in love is not because it always works with people. It's because when you do so, you're always being faithful to be like Christ. Now, the world might not want that, and so they reject you. So we obey not because it always, I put in air quotes, works, but we obey because it's the right thing to do. So we must be a people who are comfortable with being disapproved of. And I think sometimes in America, we stand so much on our rights that were given to us according to the Declaration of Independence or even the Constitution that we we all kind of go back to our rights. If we're wronged, we want to point out the rights we have. If we uh, are mistreated, we want to show that we've got this right and that right. But really, we've got no rights. We've got a right to go to hell. The Lord has been gracious to us to put us in a particular environment, in a particular country, in a particular area where there are man-made rights that are given to us. But really, before the Lord, we're not always going to be treated well, and people aren't always going to honor the rights that we say that we have. So there needs to be in the Christian this ability to be okay with people disapproving of you, not because you have sinned and they disapprove, but because you've done the right thing and they disapprove of that. Listen to First Peter three thirteen to 17. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. So God is okay with us suffering temporally. He will not allow us to suffer in the grave in hell. He will not allow that to happen at all. His son died for that. But he will allow us to go through difficult times and even disapproval from people in this world. He's okay with that. The exhortation here is do it righteously. Don't sin in your suffering. So when you are wronged, 
Don't be angry back. Don't attack back. Do not repay evil for evil, as Romans 12 would say. So I think one thing that Christians should try to get better at for the glory of God is being wronged. Get used to being wronged, to being attacked and offended without reviling in return, without responding back with anger or harshness. Take the blows. Identify with your Savior. Trust Him to judge at the right time. Trust Him to avenge all evil, again, as Romans 12 says. Vengeance is His. He will repay, says the Lord. So die to the need for constant approval from the world and even sometimes from other believers. There should be the ability for, for, for a believer to say, I might not get all the approval from everybody in the world or even everybody in the church. I need to do what's right before the Lord and entrust this situation into his hands, knowing that he approves of me. So, Christian, get used to dying. Get used to dying to sin. Get used to dying to ease. Get used to dying to approval. But in that, find a sweet communion with Jesus Christ. This is the way he lived. He did not sin. He did not live a life of ease. He did not have the approval of everybody on the face of the planet. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He knew where he was going. And for that reason, even in his dying, there could be a joy and anticipation for what would be to come. So as you give your life to the Lord, realize it's a true, hard difficult giving of it to the Lord. But in doing so, there's great reward. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are alive.